A few years ago, our kids' favorite movie was Disney's Cars. In that movie, when Mater the tow truck exp uh, explained how he became the world's fastest backwards driver, he said, rear view mirrors. I don't need to know where, I've go where I'm going. I just need to know where I've been. Last week, Pastor Andrew answered the question, how did I get here? Remember what his short answer was? I walked. <laughs> Well, then he shared with us some of the long journey that he and his family have been on that has led them here to Emmanuel. So today, I thought we would start off by asking the question, how did we get here? Now, some of us may have walked, some came by car, but ultimately, I'd argue that most of us came by boat. No, the Skunk River hasn't risen that high, even with the recent rains, but Nearly all of our ancestors came to America by boat. Some of them came on ships like this, the HMS City of Exeter, the ship that carried my grandmother from Denmark when she emigrated by herself to the United States to meet my grandfather for the first time in 1941 as World War II engulfed Europe. Some of our ancestors came on ships like this, the Trade Wind, a 25-foot sailboat, the smallest known sailboat at the time to have crossed the Atlantic Ocean without assistance. It was built and sailed by two brothers from Norway when they emigrated here in 1933, and it's now on display at the Vesterheim Museum in Decorah. Our town and our congregation were founded by immigrants who came to this country by boat, you could say we're all boat people. Five years ago, during our 115th anniversary as a congregation, we held a series of Sketching Our Story events where we talked through our earliest memories of Emmanuel and how we've seen God at work in us and through us over the years. We constructed a, a triple timeline downstairs that stretched all the way across one wall uh, with Emmanuel's history, Story City history, and U.S. and world history down below. And out of those conversations and research, I wrote a missional biography of our congregation. So here's just a few, a, a quick tour of some highlights of our story as a faith community. In 1846, Iowa became a state. In 1855, the town of Fairview was laid out, and the first Norwegian immigrants arrived in the area. In 1857, St. Petri was founded, and this is the first building that they put up. Three years later, the railroad arrived from Ames, and in 1881, Story City was incorporated, and the first school building was built for grades one through six. If you've ever been by our house, in the backyard there's a, an old fireplace that's actually built out of bricks salvaged from that first elementary school here in Story City. We found that out recently. Then in 1898, after a dispute over doctrine and what seminary to call their next pastor from, 46 men and their families uh, left St. Petrie and founded Emmanuel Norwegian. 
Emmanuel Evangelical Norwegian Lutheran Church. It's a, it's a mouthful, but it's all there for a reason. This is the first building that they put up on the corner of Lafayette and 8th. In 1901, three years later, or two years later, the first electric lights were uh, installed in Story City. And then in 1914, the old people's home was constructed, the forerunner of Bethany Manor. Maybe some of you remember when this was still there. Beginning that year, for four years, World War I engulfed Europe and eventually drew in the United States. And in 1917, right in the middle of World War I, Emmanuel had grown to the point where they needed to build a larger sanctuary. And so they built this sanctuary and dedicated it in 1917, 101 years ago. Well, shortly afterwards, in 1936, the WPA built the Swinging Bridge, and in 1943, Riverside was established. They're celebrating 75 years this year. All through that time, 1941 to 45, World War II raged across Europe and the Pacific. But here in Story City, from, for those entire first 45 years of our congregation and the, the 20th century, Thor Heimark served as pastor here. He was here 45 years. Then they brought somebody else in for a, for a couple of years. Then he left, and they called Thor to come back for another six months to help out until they could find another pastor. But not, so even though he has the record for the longest Tenure as pastor, he doesn't hold the record for the longest time served here at Emmanuel. That goes to Louise Olson, who served as our organist here from 1920 to 1970. 50 years. So, Emily, you still got a ways to go. <laughs> now, in 1954, uh, actually before that, in both... In two different times, in 1946 and in 1951, Emmanuel nearly merged again with St. Petrie. Uh, they actually took two votes in 1951, and both of them failed. The first one by three votes, the second one by two votes. Don't ever let anyone tell you that your votes don't count. In 1954, St. Petrie built a new sanctuary, and Emmanuel built the parsonage right next door here. Well, in 1963, Emmanuel opened their new education wing to welcome young families and to have a place for Sunday school and education together. 1968 was when I-35 opened up. The year after that was when Roland and Story City combined their elementary schools. And in the 1970s, Emmanuel sponsored two missionaries, uh, Martha Gisselquist, daughter of one of our pastors who went to Madagascar, and Annetta Dale, who spent 20 years serving as a nurse anesthetist in Tank Hospital in Pakistan. Well, during that time, Susan Amundsen became our senior choir director. Susan became our choir director in 1975. So again, thank you for all these years. Uh, during the 1970s and 1980s, Story City and all the churches in the area held 
United Evangelism Week uh, each year, where they would bring in Lutheran evangelism movement speakers and bands, uh, and lots of people came to faith in Christ for the first time or uh, recommitted their lives, just like many people did at the Lifelight Festival that we had this summer. Then, in 1983, Stefan Anenson became Emmanuel's first associate pastor and went on to serve here in various roles for 34 years. We're excited to have Stefan with us this morning. Uh, in 1993, we added the new Narthex edition over there, and then Sandy became a chaplain over at Bethany Manor, and she just retired this year after 25 years of serving. So we are so grateful for how much they have been a part of our congregation and Bethany and our whole community uh, for these past decades as well. In 1998, Emmanuel's centennial year, Emily became our organist, so this is her 20th year of serving, or 21st year, I suppose, of, of serving here. In the, in the 2000s, uh, Roger Oakland led mission trips to Haiti and other countries uh, where they put together tractors for the people of Haiti to help them be able to become more self-sustaining in their agriculture. Well, in 2010, we joined Lutheran Congregations in Mission for Christ. In 2011, I arrived with my family and... In 2015, we had our first Story City hunger fight over at the rec center. We're having our fourth one this year at the end of September. We also that year did our first $50 mission challenges. Uh, raise your hand if you have been part of one of those $50 mission challenges over the past several years. It's been exciting to see what God has done in and through us uh, through those things these past several years. And this year, Rather than individuals or, or just families, we're calling on all of our small groups to receive $100 to go out and make a difference in our community for the sake of the gospel of Christ. Well, this year, Pastor Andrew joined our pastoral team and brought Allison and their kids along. So we're excited for what God has for us in the future. 20 years ago, our centennial history praised God for his faithfulness over the years. They said, We thank God that he continues to accomplish his will among his people here in Story City. It is our prayer that the future history of the congregation will include many recollections of the power and work of the Holy Spirit and the dedication and commitment of our members in the work of Christ's kingdom. You need to remember your history to know where you are, and to see where you're going. That's a brief recap of our story. You can read lots more in our centennial history and the missional biography on our website. That's the story of how we got here. So the question is, where is God taking us next? On their journey through the wilderness, the Israelites often wandered around and got lost along the way. But God remained faithful to them. He provided for them, even when they grumbled and complained and wanted to go back to slavery in Egypt. God was with them every step of the way, just as he is with you 
and just as he is with us as a congregation. Moses reminded the Israelites as they prepared to enter the promised land, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And at the very end of his life, Joshua reminded the tribes, choose this day who you will serve, whether the gods that your ancestors worshipped or the gods of the Amorites in the land in which you now live. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Turn away from your false gods. Be true to the God who has been true to you. You stray from following the one true God at your own risk. Stick to the old roads. I remember a time when I was out for a hike in Michigan with my dog, Bogey, and we got completely lost. <laughs> we were on this long trail, and I thought I could take a... I found a logging road that I thought, oh, this will be a great shortcut. It'll cut off this long loop of trail. I won't have to go down that. And so we start off down this trail. But before too long, the road kind of petered out and disappeared, and I hadn't seen the, tra- the other side of the trail yet. We ended up having to turn around and retrace our steps a long ways. And then I almost missed the trail. <laughs> because I hadn't seen it when it went by. It could have been a lot worse. (laughs) They could have had to send out search parties. But I would have saved myself a whole lot of extra steps if I had just stayed on the trail, the main trail, the whole time. If you've ever been lost on a hike, walking through tall rows of corn or gotten lost somewhere on the roads, you can start thinking to yourself, God knows where we've been and God knows where, we've, where we're going. But there's another way to say that. God knows where we've been and God knows where we're going. Years ago, My mom spent a summer at Holden Village, a Lutheran retreat and conference center based in an abandoned mining town in the mountains of Washington State. And they have a prayer that they use at the end of each one of their retreats, which is now called the Holden Village Prayer. Uh, So just like Kathy closed by sharing a prayer that she uh, has sustained her, I think this is a prayer that can sustain us. Let's pray. O God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May that prayer be ours as we step together into our next chapter as a congregation. Next week, we're going to look at part two of how did we get here, looking at and zooming out a little bit to look at the wider story of what God is doing in the world that includes us here in Story City.